Everybody, this is Eric for EFP, February 1st. Oh my God, we've already done one month into the new year. Uh, I'm here today to talk about storytelling. Games that really help you do this. I want to say much more than that. I'll be talking about different games, the ways that this goes. My breakdown is going to fall in a couple categories of things with mechanics, things that play like a movie, narrative world building, and what in the fuck am I doing this week? So, as players, GMs, or even viewers on Twitch, or people who listen to podcasts and live play, we all love a great story. Today, I want to talk about systems that give you the tools to do so. While I can tell a story sitting around a campfire with a group of people, you sometimes need some mechanics. So here's what I think of when I think of systems that give you mechanics to tell a tale. I'm only obviously going to be talking about things that I know about or games that I've played or really love. So Numenera is a fantastic way to tell a story. They give you a great setting that is broad and has a large amount of things to do, from fantasy to sci-fi being the ninth iteration of the world. So their setting alone gives you a fantastic story to run. Now, what about the actual system itself is great is you can play Numenera or you can just buy the Cypher system. They use experience as a way to drive narrative. As a player, you can spend an experience point and change a part of the scene. It also allows you to do things such as buy magical items that you want, craft things. By spending experience points, you are open-ended and it's just a discussion between you and your GM and how you want to accomplish what you want to accomplish. But even the character creation feels story-driven. You are an adjective, noun, that verbs. So, for example, I am a fast glaive who hunts in the dark. That is your character. And those three key words build your character, build story into your character. It is literally narrative as you build out what you want to play. I love this. I think it's fantastic. Now, Star Wars... The new Fantasy Flight System one is fantastic for it as well. And I'll talk a little more about that in the mechanics section because it is a mechanic-heavy system in a new way. But for story and how they do it well, you have the ability to just spend advantages to do things. I shoot the control panel so the door closes. We know in real physics that doesn't work, but in Star Wars it sure as shit does. These are the kind of things you can do in Star Wars. And then on top of that, they put out the Genesis system, similar to how Cypher put out or Numenera put out the Cypher system for Monty Cook Games. Fantasy Flight Games put out Genesis, which is their system that they use for Star Wars, and now they have a fantasy system coming out for it as well. You can just use this for whatever you want. It's a fantastic narrative system made to let players do things even if they fail. I really like it a lot. Now, it is a crunchy system, and we'll get into that in mechanics. We'll do that right now. Mechanics. Why mechanics? If you watch things like Behind the GM Screen or WebGM or any of those kind of shows or listen to my podcast, we all talk about how mechanics help us do things as GMs and players. Numenera, like I mentioned before, has XP. You spend it to do everything. It's how you level or tier up. It is how you buy new skills you may not have had. It's how you buy magical items or artifacts in that game. It's even how you change the story in the way that your player or your character interacts with it. If you're in a room and someone's dying and you want to spend narrative po- an XP narrative 
to go find a medical kit in a room that doesn't have one, and you bash one together through things in the room, curtains, and maybe there's wax on a, on a table, or if it's fantasy, there's leeches, whatever it may be. It allows you to use the mechanics to drive narrative instead of just saying, I want to do this, and the GM saying no. And that's what mechanics are for. It gives you a way to tell the story the way you want by saying, X lets me do Y. You also see this in Star Wars, the Fantasy Flight. Very, very much a crunchy narrative system. They have their own dice. They're the same polyhedral set we know, but they have their own labels on them. And the Genesis system has their own set of dice that has their own labels on them. But essentially the same thing. It's a combination of X amount of successes, and X amount of successes allow you to do something. A 1, 2, and a 3, depending. It's kind of like the levels of difficulty. While X amount of advantages allow you to do things such as crit, um, change the narrative of a scene, push a guy off a ledge, if you're in your X-Wing, shoot out a TIE Fighter's wing, critical something on a TIE Fighter. It allows you to take those advantages and do something with them. It even allows you to give your players that are playing with you extra dice to do stuff. And then threats, the negative version of advantages, allows the GM to change and portray the story. It's a fantastic system that is crunchy, like we all like, you know, when we're looking for a crunchy game, but also really kind of flavorful when you're playing and telling the story as a group. I really enjoy these. There's one other mechanical game that I want to throw in here, and that's the Mar Marvel Heroic System with their Doom Pool. And the Doom Pool builds up as we play, and the GM gets to use these Doom Pools to do extra things. I've played the Marvel by itself once, but I altered it and ran Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for my group. Use Google Maps to kind of show what it would be like to play in Milwaukee or Detroit. And we used that in Mark Pins because it was a modern style setting. And then the GM gets to do things that Doom Pool like. You can spend dice on player side or GM side, do special effects like if I have ice, I shoot them and then it holds them in place. Um, if I have fire, I can shoot something, set it on fire. If I have a mind controlling ability, I can mind control them for a longer time period. And you spend these extra dice to do things that makes a difficulty for one side or the other. So those are my mechanic games and kind of like why I need them. Mechanics are there so you can tell a story in a way that is understandable and you have a common playing field between you and your players. Or for the players, to the GM. And if it's a viewing audience, it allows them to read along in a book and understand what you're exactly doing. So think about that. Next time you set up your game, make sure you have mechanics behind it that can drive the point home for how to tell a story as a group. But there's something more. I want to talk about that next. I want to talk about things that play like a movie. Because when we talk about stories, we think about movies and TVs. And are there games that actually do that? So we talk about mechanics, but what we haven't talked about is what plays like a movie. What kind of system is so freeing that there isn't question and you can relate to things? Well, I believe the things that have IPs attached to them really help with that movie narrative. We talked about Star Wars earlier, but there's other games. Uh, Tales of Hyperborea or Age of Conan or the Judge Dredd games all give you a cinematic feel just because you think about that cinematic feel. The new One Ring. We understand it because we've watched those movies. That one ring is something we have been a part of. But there's more to it than just an IP. So I want to talk about Fiasco. Now this is a great game. It's not a traditional role-playing game. It's a combination of a board game and a storytelling game. It's a Coen Brothers movie. It is 
It is wushu. It is whatever you need it to be where there is an escalation into crazy. I absolutely love this. The set pieces are simple, clean. They are entire books of set pieces. Set pieces take up very little space. It uses two colors of D6 and some note cards, and you sit and tell a tale together that is woven and crazy. My favorite style is the Burbs, because I love that old Tom Hanks, that Tom Hanks movie, where you now create characters that have relationships between them, maybe actual relationships or items or problems, and they all get connected together and woven into a story where as a group you play and tell tales and just mess with people. It is a fantastic way to tell a story. I've personally, when I have a new idea for an adventure or a set piece or I need to make characters, I've actually went to Fiasco and ran a two-hour session with people and then taken the characters and used those. You can run Fiasco as fantasy. You can run Fiasco as anything you want. Alien invasion, it doesn't matter. But my God, if it doesn't turn into the craziest Mars Attacks, Fargo, you know, John Woo insanity when you play Fiasco, it is a clusterfuck of love. It is so good. Now, if you haven't played it, I recommend it. It's cheap. It's easy to pick up. There are some play mats. You can play this digital. It is a fantastic game. I do recommend having one person who's played the game before kind of narrate the first couple of scenes that get people going. Because you can either set the scene as a, as a person or you can let somebody else set your scene. And that determines the kind of die you get afterwards. If you haven't played Fiasco, it's fantastic. It's a great storytelling system. Now, there are others out there. There are other systems that let you tell stories and make it feel like a movie. I know there are wushu ones out there that are feng shui, for example, that has that kind of kung fu style mechanic to let you drive it. Uh, my buddy Calvin invented Fantagy. Right, it's an indie game. Really has that anime wushu feel where you can tell any tale, but... There's action and movement together and the dice pools that get built between the players. It kind of moves like water and really makes you feel like you're in one of those style of anime or movies. Fantastic system. So if you want to try out games like this, you know, it's a really good idea to play conventions. So my next little, I guess I'm almost going to say sponsor, a bumper for the show, I'm going to talk about Blackmore Society. Have you ever wanted to play at a convention? But you have no one to babysit your child who is crying, watch your dog while you travel. Or maybe your significant other won't let you out of the house. Well, Blackmore Society has your back. Running virtual tabletop conventions in conjunction with their physical counterpart. Upcoming February 15th through the 18th, you can play in Genghis Khan through Blackmore Society. Find them on Facebook, ask questions, find answers. And finally, play your game. <laughs> Super excited for that. Uh, Genghis Khan is coming up. I'll be playing on February 17th. I'll talk more about that at the end of the show. But the next thing I want to talk about in story is narrative world building. What systems actually help you do this shit? Because narrative world building is usually non-existent. Usually the GM builds the world or a company produces an IP like Forgotten Realms and you all sit down and play it. It's not true. There are narrative world-building systems. For example, Blades in the Dark. I, in, in Apocalypse World for that example, I love playing in these. You sit down as a group, spend 10 minutes, spend the entire first session 
developing the story that you and your players are going to be playing. And the players take a big part in making this. I cannot tell you how excited I am for this to be a true thing. For people to understand that narrative doesn't just have to be on the GM. And I think this is one of those systems to help teach that. Blades in the Dark is from John Harper, built off the Apocalypse Engine, polished to a shiny, shiny sheen, where you play a bunch of rogues and thieves and backstabbery. Now I'll tell you what, is some of the most inviting and some of the easiest to understand rules in a game. The concept of failing forward is narrative-driven alone. Even if I roll poorly and get punched in the face and get my nose broke, I may have still gotten something out of that. I'll learn that that person's not what I want to fight, or I'll fall down the stairs into the area I was looking for, but just hurt and now imprisoned. World-building with Blades in the Dark happens before the game and during. Now, if you want true world-building, something totally different, and you like fate, and you don't mind a crunchier version of it, I recommend Dresden Files. There's a storytelling book and an actual game, and you play Dresden Files in the city of your choice. You build the story together and the setting together. You build your city, and it's usually the whole first session. You kind of build your characters and weave the novels that they are related to each other in and when they've made cameos, and you actually flesh out the city so it feels living before you play. It is a truly, truly artistic piece in storytelling as a group. Dresden Files is fantastic. It is crunchy. My group has tried to play it, and it's hard. Um, we're not used to Fate to begin with, and then Fate ramping up how to cast magic this way was very, very different. I would love to give it another go. The books are gorgeous. The GM notes on the side are great. But the ability to build the world together as a group is bar none one of the best experiences I've had for doing so. So check those out. They're really, really good. I know there's PDFs for both. Now, I will say there's one thing I forgot to mention, and I learned this through Blades in the Dark, and there may be other systems that have done this. The idea of canon. When you're playing a game together, and something has been decided, and you go, well, is this going to be canon now? So for example, ghost keys in Blades in the Dark are things that allow you to access the ghost world. So if someone goes, yeah, I take the key, and I put it in a pre-existing doorway, and turn it, and open it, it opens into a ghost door. And everyone goes, okay, that's canon now. That's how ghost keys work. You just made how that item worked because the guy described how he used it. Another version is he may take the key and stick it in their belly button and turn it. And it opens up their spirit and pulls a ghost through. It could be that you put it into a shadow and turn it and you go in. That is making canon. It happened in the game. It is now canon. Everyone writes it down. And that is how things happen from now on. I have adapted and adopted this to all of my games now. We're running a 5e game. As soon as somebody says, well, I do this, and I'm like, all right, guys, is this canon now? Is this how it's going to work? I recommend doing that. When you develop worlds or your setting or a new campaign, let that be how the flow of information works. As players and you decide you really like something, it just becomes canon in your setting. So world building, those are some tips and tricks and games I recommend looking into. There are others out there. And if you have some, call in and let me know. Do you like things that have mechanics that back building a world together? Next, I want to get into things that are out of the box and really, really good systems for teaching new players how to play and how to tell a story as a group. So, out of the box, there's some different things out there. There are little ones really pricey, but an amazing experience. And the other one is not, and is probably my new favorite experience. 
Follow Magic was a game that came out last year. There's been a small expansion where you get like a container to hold the cards and stuff. It's this cloth map. It's about three foot long that unrolls and you tell a story together. Um, we also do a little world building with it. We decide the set piece we want to play in instead of classic fantasy. We've done a cyber dystopia. We've done fantasy. We've done cyberpunk. We've done, we did 40k once. But you unroll, you build your characters quickly, you get a note card, there's one die, everyone gets a coin, and you take turns telling tales at pieces within that world. It's a set-piece storytelling game. And the goal is to get the last Magus somewhere. If you haven't played it, it's about $100, $150. There is a digital one, though, if you want to play the digital version. But it is a really, really fun way to tell a story as a group. As the map kind of unrolls in front of you, and become something just magical. I can't explain it any other way. Do it over beers, do it with tea, do it with coffee. You can do a one shot or you can do it over multiple days. But I can tell you it is a rich, deep storytelling experience, but your players need to be involved. And you gotta set up some parameters in the beginning. And for me, you read the little tale that's in the front, and then we do a little bit of Q&A. Guys, here's five questions how we want this world to function, and what we want to play in. It is a fantastic game if you've never played it before. Everyone I've had play it with me tries to find a copy immediately to play it with people at home. Now with that said, I want to talk about my new love, Weave. I've talked about it in a couple of episodes, but I'm going to do it a little more justice and talk a little more in depth. Weave is a storytelling game unlike any other. It takes the idea for me that everybody has a phone, downloads a free app, one person has a playset of tarot cards that are beautifully, gorgeously designed, very iconic looking. And you build your characters with those tarot cards. And you also, as a GM, build your story by using it as a theme, a location, and a boss. A.K.A. the major villain for that scene. There are challenge cards in there that are based on the four elements. And you use those in conjunction with dice that have those same symbols for the elements on them. You always need a one unless the challenge has been upped by the GM. And you tell a tale. But the best part is, is the characters are kept digitally. The GM can look at them all. The players can see theirs. They have special powers that can be used. And, God, dude, it is a fantastic game. And it does something that most games don't do. It lets you tell a freeing story with very little at the table, visual elements, but digital. And I think it's a great teaching tool on how to do storytelling. The rules are really light and simple. The idea of risk and reward is involved. But it is a great way to tell a story with people who maybe have never played a game or you guys don't have time to make characters. It's a great convention game. I usually play you know, a story arc with them and we make new characters and play something new. It has four set pieces in it currently. Zorda is in South America. It's kind of like a cyber over the jungle. I uh, think... I would say think Horizon Zero Dawn, Gloomy's 1950s Stranger Things, and then there is a space setting that's very similar to Guardians of the Galaxy. You can paint it in any light you want, but they all even have a glossary of the terms within each setting piece so you know what's what. And finally, they have Click, which is like high school drama, maybe Saved by the Bell or Breakfast Club. or I think you could spin it into... Um, some form of superhero game, if everyone just picked a power and they had that. I think you could play X-Men. Fantastic game if you want to get people into playing games and they've never done it before, or you just want to tell a storytelling. 
if you just want to do that and make a tale together, it's a fantastic game for it. I think it's like $40. Pick it up if you don't own it. It's a great thing to have in your arsenal. So last, I'm going to be going over what I'm doing this week, and that'll be the end of our show. Sorry for leaving the music on the last section. I got too excited. So what do I have going on this week? Well, it has been a busy week of meetings and redoing my Patreon for this first week of February. But what I can tell you is happening is non-con in Sheboygan. If you live in Milwaukee or one of the surrounding states and you want a small but amazing group of players and storytellers, come to non-con. It's the 8th Street Ale House. It starts on Friday and goes till Sunday. Yes, you still get to go see the Super Bowl if you want. You can end by then. You can even come for one day. I think for the three days, it is $50 at the door. I think they're saying one day is going to be $25. Bucks. Fantastic beer, fantastic food. You get a discount for having a ticket there on all your food that you buy through 8th Street Ale House. I know Jay Sonia from Storm Bunny Studios is one of the sponsors for it. Nat 20 Studios, which is Roman's new studio that is open. Myself with e- EFP is sponsoring. I will be running games along with those two as well. Our huge Hoff table is set up. There's like eight foot long. Jump in, jump out. Hoff play. We have really made something extraordinary. And I love Non-Con. It has that idea of just being something more. So if you want to play in the convention this weekend, come join us. Now for myself, I am deep into Patreon. Uh, I am working on getting everything set up. I want to bring something better to you guys. First micro setting will be out for you guys to look at. Um, It won't be a charge until I feel it's at a completed point. And then during those weeks, I will still be doing updates with new maps, new things, and you'll get charged for each one of those. I hope you guys enjoy this new format. I think it's great. It's about gaming and giving you something new to do and supporting me as a designer, but me supporting you guys with content you can't find anywhere else. So that'll be going on. And last, and probably most important, if you have not shared this podcast with your friends, do so. And if you've not called into Anchor, download the app. It's free. It doesn't cost you a dime. Hit the little call-in button in the corner, and let's get a conversation going. I have a lot of people who follow me on Anchor that do call in. I put the ones on that have been. I like more. And I can promise you, after this weekend, you guys are going to be getting some deep dives and conversations with people from the convention and other designers and writers. All right, everybody. That's it for EFP this week. We'll grab a beer, grab some dice, and play some games with your friends. Remember, everyone, it's New GM Month, so go make it happen.